You may be seated. Pueden sentarse. It is truly wonderful to praise God with you. Thank you for being the worship team this morning. Thank you for our worship team for helping the worship team to be the worship team. It's great. Um, I'm so grateful as I look out to see our children. You guys are a blessing. In case you haven't been told lately, we love you. We're glad you're a part of things here. And we want to send you out to children in worship time for you to hear God's word. I hope it's an amazing time this morning with your teachers and helpers. Queremos enviar a los niños al tiempo de niños en adoración. The rest of us children will be also looking at God's word today. And I am so grateful that we have God's word. And God's word is faithful. God's word speaks to us. You know, I'm thinking of getting out of town more often because when I go, God shows up and these amazing things happened. I heard about an amazing service last week and so excited to know God is at work in this people, in you. And uh, through our leaders, thank you, Greg, for sharing God's word last week. What a tremendous blessing. El Señor está obrando en medio de su pueblo y esa es una gran bendición. So this morning... I want to invite you to look with me at a, a short verse, a short section of scripture, but we'll be unpacking it, and it's from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 to 24. Vamos a mirar Efesios 4, versículos 20 al 24. And as I said before, we're, we're bringing to a conclusion this message series that we've done on God's reshaping tools. We've been in this since the middle of August. Estamos mirando las herramientas de Dios para remodelarnos. And I want to read this scripture and there'll be some others I'll bring along, but I'm going to read first in English, then in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés y luego en español. So the early church leader Paul here is writing. These are words from Paul's pen, but they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we, we do believe and know that this is the word of God for us today. Son palabras de Pablo inspiradas del Espíritu Santo y por eso son la palabra de Dios. And so, this is what it says. Paul says, You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. No fue esta la enseñanza que ustedes recibieron acerca de Cristo. Si de veras se les habló y enseñó de Jesús según la verdad que está en él. Con respecto a la vida que antes llevaban, se les enseñó que debían quitarse el ropaje de la vieja naturaleza, la cual está corrompida por los deseos engañosos, ser renovados en la actitud de su mente y ponerse el ropaje de la nueva naturaleza, creada a imagen de Dios, en verdadera justicia y santidad. So back in the middle of August when we began this message series, you may recall, I started out by talking about the ancient art of glass blowing. Comencé hablando del arte del vidrio soplado. And, and I talked about how an artisan can, can use different tools to take molten glass and to blow into it and to reshape it and to turn it into something gorgeous, something beautiful, a work of art. Hablamos como un artesano usa el vidrio fundido con herramientas y sopla para crear algo bello. 
And we compared that whole process of creating blown glass to the way that, that God, by his Holy Spirit, wants to blow his life into us and then reshape us, make us into works of art, so to speak. Make something beautiful out of our lives. Hablamos como Dios quiere soplar su espíritu en nosotros para crear algo bello. Now, in glass blowing, I don't know if you know this, maybe you do, but in glass blowing, the place where all of this happens, the place where the transformation takes place is in a place called the hot shop. That's where a glass blower works. En el vidrio soplado, eso tiene lugar en el taller caliente. I think that's what you call it in Spanish. It's the hot shop, okay? Now, for us, it's a little bit different. Our transformation in the Christian life takes place really in the ordinary world. It takes place in the activities and the relationships and the connections of our daily lives, in our work and in our play and all of that. But in that, it's a little bit like a hot shop because there's pressure, there's heat, there's difficulty, there's challenge. Nuestra transformación tiene lugar en la vida ordinaria, pero hay presión y calor también. And so what I'd like to do as we're wrapping up this series today is I would like us to consider how we can take all these different tools that we've been talking about over the last few weeks and how we can put them to work, how we can actually use them and make them work in the hot shop of our ordinary lives. Queremos ver cómo usar estas herramientas en el taller caliente de nuestra vida. And so I think we get a clue about this in the scripture I've read today from Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to back up a couple of verses and see if I can set the table for us. Ephesians 4 nos ayuda. In verse 17, just a few verses earlier, Paul says something really significant. He says, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Dice Pablo, no viva más como con pensamientos frívolos como los paganos. Now, when he uses the word Gentiles here, he's really talking about not just non-Jewish people, he's talking about godless people, people that don't have God in their lives. Habla de los paganos. He's saying, don't live in that, that mold. Don't live in that pattern. No viven en el patrón de los gentiles, los paganos. And then he goes on to describe the kind of pattern he's talking about. He, he talks about a sinful lifestyle that is shaped by all kinds of things. Not only futility of thinking, that's where it starts. No se trata solo de pensamientos frívolos, but he talks about a lifestyle that's dark. Darkness, ignorance, insensitivity, greed, oscuridad, insensibilidad, avaricia, etc. And he says, that's not the pattern you've been taught. He says, you didn't come to know Christ in that form, in that pattern of life. No llegaron a conocer Cristo así. Instead, he says, you were taught in a different pattern. You were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Christ. Se les enseñó según el patrón de Cristo. And then in verse 22, he says this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Se les enseñó que debían quitarse el ropaje de la vieja naturaleza 
ser renovados en la actitud de su mente y ponerse el ropaje de la nueva naturaleza creada a imagen de Dios. In other words, Paul's saying here that the truth of Jesus is, is this, that he, as you live in the hot shop of this world, so to speak, Jesus is reshaping you. Jesus is, is guiding you directing you into a different way of living, a way of living according to his truth. En el taller caliente del mundo, Jesús te dirige en, en su voluntad, en su verdad. And what he's doing in that process is he's helping you, and you are to help him, in a sense, you're to cooperate with him by taking off the old thoughts, the old identity, the old patterns, the old habits, the old vices, the old things that are no longer a part of who you really are. Debes quitar los patrones viejos, la identidad vieja. Take that off like a bunch of old, ratty, raggedy clothes, dirty, smelly, greasy, grimy, grungy clothes. Get that off of you. Quita eso como ropaje viejo y sucio. And how Jesus is helping you to put on a new self. You're to put on a new identity. And that brings it a new attitude in your mind. Romans 12, 2 says you're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Eso trae nueva actitud de mente. It's to, to bring new habits. It's to bring to new patterns, new, a new pathway. It's like new clothing. It's like going to the store and buying a whole new, brand new set of clothes that you're wearing now because you are a different person. Es como tener ropaje nuevo que llevas. And so here's the thing, becoming new is the goal. God wants to make us new, and it says for us to be shaped like God in true righteousness and holiness, made after the image of God. Él quiere formarnos según la imagen de Dios en verdadera santidad y justicia. So that's what we're after, to be made new through the truth of Jesus Christ. That's what matters. Eso es lo que importa, ser nuevos en Cristo. Now, unfortunately, it can be very easy to get confused about the goal as we're in the process. And in fact, in Galatians chapter 6, we find that. If you want to turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, here we find that Paul, again, the same person, is dealing with a situation where there were some Jewish Christians who had gotten confused about the goal of the Christian life. Había cristianos judíos confundidos acerca de la meta de la vida cristiana. They were going around and they were saying that the goal of the Christian life is for you to be reshaped. How? You need to be reshaped by cutting your body with a knife. You need to be reshaped through circumcision. Hay que ser modelados por medio de la circuncisión. The tool, a knife, it's your body. You got to reshape it. You got to have the mark of circumcision. Tienes que tener la marca de la circuncisión. Without that mark, without that goal, you can't get to God. Can't get to Jesus. You can't be accepted. You can't be saved. Sin esa marca no puedes llegar a Dios. A Jesús no puedes ser salvo. And Paul, throughout the book of Galatians, looks at that and he blows that lie out of the water. Pablo enfrenta esa mentira. In Galatians 6.15 he says, here's the deal. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. 
dice uh, que para nada cuenta estar o no estar circuncidados, lo que importa es ser parte de una nueva creación. And then he says, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Paz y misericordia desciendan sobre todos los que siguen esta norma y sobre el Israel de Dios. What counts, he's saying, is not whether you use the tools of circumcision or not. That's not the goal. Circumcision is not the goal. La circuncisión no es la meta. Having the mark of circumcision on you is not what matters. In fact, he'll go on to say, don't mess with me because I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. That's what counts. Being a new creation shaped and reshaped in the image of Jesus. Después él dice, no, no se metan conmigo porque tengo en mí las, las cicatrices de Cristo. In fact, one of the tools that God used in Paul's life to make him more shaped like Jesus was a tool we haven't talked about. It's the tool of suffering. And suffering is not always a tool we choose. Often God puts it in our hands and says, here you go, you're going to get reshaped by this. Él usaba la herramienta del sufrimiento en la vida de Pablo. But what Paul's saying is, it doesn't matter what you're doing to your body. It matters what you're doing with your spirit. And then he says something really unique. He says, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. Peace, the completeness, the fullness of God, and mercy, the compassion of God, are going to be with those who follow in this rule. Paz y misericordia sean los que, que, que siguen esta norma. Now the word rule, we got to take that apart a little bit. The word rule here does not mean rules. Norma no quiere decir normas. He's not saying peace and mercy to those who follow the rules. The word rule has a different sense. It means a pattern. It means a standard or a measurement of the way you live. Es una medida, es un estándar. He's saying peace and mercy, completeness. You're going to be reshaped in the way God wants you to be if you are walking in this rule, this pattern, this mold of life. Vas a tener paz y misericordia caminando en este patrón, este estándar de vida. And what's the rule he's talking about here? It's the rule, the pattern, the way, the goal of being reshaped as a new person in Jesus. Being a new creation. Ese patrón de ser una nueva persona y tener nueva vida en Jesús. That's what counts. In other words, it's not about following rules and regulations. It's about following the one rule, which is following Jesus. That's my only rule. Follow him. Be in his life. Es seguir la norma de ser como Jesús. In fact, in Romans 6.17, there's a hint of this. Romanos 6.17. Again, Paul, same person. He's saying, thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, that used to be the pattern, the rule of your life. Sin ruled over you. You were living as a sinner. You were living in slavery. Once you used to be slaves to sin, now you have wholeheartedly obeyed the form or the pattern of the teaching to which you were entrusted. In other words, you've obeyed and you're following the pattern of Jesus, of new life in him. Gracias a Dios que, aunque antes eran esclavos del pecado, ya se han sometido de corazón 
al modelo o el patrón de la enseñanza que les fue transmitida. So here's what we're trying to talk about here. What we're talking about is, is stepping into and walking a rule of life. Se trata de seguir una norma de vida. It's, it's about following a pattern, a process, a pathway for every day living in which we are able to experience the life of Christ and we recognize and receive that life. Es seguir una norma de vida donde reconocemos y recibimos la vida de Cristo because we're following it not in order to get it in the sense of we have to do something to get it but rather it's a gift. The new life of Jesus is a gift and as we follow this pattern of life we're going to recognize it and receive it. Es un regalo la vida de Cristo vamos a reconocerlo y recibirlo. So that's the goal. New life in Jesus. That's what we're pursuing. La nueva vida en Jesús. Actually, new life is not just the goal. Jesus is the goal. Jesus is the goal. Jesús es la meta. And the different reshaping tools we've been talking about in this series of messages, they're just that. They're tools. They're instruments for getting us to the goal of receiving and recognizing Jesus' life in us. Las herramientas nos llevan a la meta de reconocer y recibir al Señor Jesús. And again, it is so easy to get confused about this. I think uh, we as Christians often get confused and I find, here's what I find, many Christians either get bored or they get discouraged or they get distracted because they think the reshaping tools are the goal. Los cristianos a veces nos confundimos porque pensamos que las herramientas son la meta en sí. And so you ask a Christian, what is the Christian life? And somebody says, well, the Christian life is you got to read your Bible and you got to pray and you got to go to church and you got to rest on the seventh day and you've got to serve and you've got to give and you've got to fast. <sighs> what a life, Right? La vida cristiana es que hay que leer la Biblia, hay que orar, hay que ayunar, hay que servir, hay que dar, etc. But guess what? That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is Jesus. Jesús es la vida cristiana. And these tools are instruments that connect us, that help us to know Him, love Him, experience Him, follow Him, and receive from Him all that He has for us. It's like a plug into a wall, right? The two-pronged plug doesn't have the power. The wall does. The tool of prayer, the tool of Bible study is going to connect you by the Spirit to Jesus. And so it's, it's not about us. It's about Him. But lo que Él hace es como un enchufe. El enchufe no tiene poder, más bien la electricidad en la pared tiene el poder. So it's about Developing in our lives a rule, a routine, a rhythm, an order of life where we on a consistent basis then are connecting with 
the life of Jesus. Se trata de tener una norma de vida donde nos conectamos con Jesús. Where we are able to experience him. And then what happens in that? As we connect with Jesus more and more, we grow. We become mature. We get reshaped. Eso nos remodela. And so what we're talking about with a rule of life is, is beginning to develop some daily, weekly, monthly patterns of behavior and practices, tools that begin to shape us and reshape us. Se trata de tener un ritmo cada día, semana y mes de estas herramientas. And that's my hope in this message series. I, I hope if anything, like Aaron said in the video, I hope what we've done is we've given you a toolbox. And now you've got all these tools in the toolbox. What are you going to do with them, right? Ahora van a tener herramientas en la caja. And the idea then is to look at these tools and to figure out how would God have me to use these tools in my life in a way that makes sense where I am today in the hot shop of this world. ¿Cómo usar estas herramientas en el taller caliente de este mundo? So to help you do that, I'm going to invite some of our youth right now to go ahead and get this resource that we have for you. Uh, it's at the sound booth, or maybe you have it already. We're going to give out our weekly resource that we've been giving every week, and we have, that's a picture of it. And uh, this resource was actually designed by two of our youth, thanks to Casey and Kirsten for designing this. Vamos a distribuir este recurso que fue diseñado por Casey Kirsten. And when you get it in your hands, I want to explain what to do with it. So I can give you a little bit of orientation first. At the top there, you'll see it says, my rule of life. Mi norma de vida, dice encima. And so the idea here is that we're going to kind of work through how God would have us to take these tools and to use them. Some tools are, are fit to be used on a daily basis. Some will work on a weekly, others on a monthly basis. And uh, the idea then is at the top, you've got your toolbox. Encima tienes tu caja de herramientas. And you'll see the list there of all the different tools. I want to explain with the tool of scripture, remind you of something, that with the tool of scripture, we talked about five. It's kind of like a Swiss army knife. Okay, the tool of scripture is like the, a Swiss army knife. You've got five tools in one. La, uh, las, las escrituras son como cinco herramientas en una. We talked about hearing God's word, reading God's word, studying God's word, meditating and memorizing God's word. Hablamos de leer, oír, estudiar la palabra de Dios, memorizar y meditar en ella. Okay, so you've got, you got a bunch of tools here. All right, so here's where we want to go. Uh, as you have this, you can do this in a few minutes right now or at home. The idea is to carefully ask God, okay, God, what's the plan? Help me to figure this out. To figure out what tools you're going to use when. Hay que discernir cuáles herramientas usar y cuándo. So, for example, I would highly recommend that you consider using the tools of prayer and Bible reading daily. Those are primary tools. Recomiendo que usen la oración, la lectura de la Biblia a diario. Those are powerful tools for us to connect with and experience Jesus Christ in our life. In fact, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's God's word. Okay, so I would, I would encourage you to think about that. 
Another one, spiritual conversation. I think that's a daily tool. In other words, that every day I'm going to be seeking in some way to share about what God's doing in my life, to talk to somebody else about what God's doing in their life, whether it's my spouse, a friend, somebody at work. Todos los días voy a usar la conversación espiritual, por ejemplo. Okay, those are some things to think about. Uh, there are other tools here that are probably going to be working better on a weekly basis. Okay? Otras herramientas que son para cada semana. Worshiping together, like we're doing right now. That's a great weekly tool. La adoración juntos es para cada semana. Don't put it in the monthly area. <laughs> Don't do that. Weekly. That's what it's meant for. Cada semana. Uh, serving. You may have a particular way you're serving and you're going to do that every week or giving your finances to the work of God's mission in the world. You're going to do that weekly or maybe Bible study. You're going to gather with other people and study the Bible. Maybe it's on Wednesday nights. Uh, el servir o la generosidad de sus finanzas o, o el estudio bíblico pueden, pueden ser actividades semanales. Those can be weekly things. And then there's some tools that maybe you're going to use every month or a couple of times a month. Hay otras herramientas para cada mes. Um, maybe you're going to have um, fasting, for example. El ayuno. Maybe it's going to be once a month or twice a month, something like that. You might want to consider putting it in that category. Uh, Greg talked about rest as a weekly habit, but sometimes there are special times of rest that we might need. El reposo puede ser algo semanal y mensual. I know I've talked about in the past how I take a monthly time and I head up to the hills and I, it's about four to six hours for me to get a personal retreat with God to, to just do some of these other tools and to be alone with, with the Lord and that refreshes me like you wouldn't believe. So that might be something you want to think about how you want to do some certain things monthly almost as a reset, a spiritual reset for you. Quiero que piensen en eso. So the other thing to think about here is the way you use these tools might be different from the way somebody else uses them. And that's okay. That's okay. Start where you are. Don't try to be somebody else. La manera en que usas estas herramientas puede ser diferente a otra persona. In fact, one of the things I think I could say is that the way I'm using the reshaping tools today may not be the way I'm going to use them in a year. I might be in a different season in a year and I'm going to use different tools at different times or stress different tools at different times. La manera que usas las herramientas hoy puede ser diferente en un año. Again, the idea is that we're on a pathway. We're following Jesus and we're seeking Him. And, and the idea is what I talked about at the beginning of the series. It's like a sail on a boat. Es como el velo de una barca. I don't know if you remember what I said way back in August. A sail does not move a boat. Un velo no hace mover la barca. What moves the boat? The wind. The wind moves the boat, but without the sail, it's a little bit hard. You've got to hoist the sail up so that the wind catches it, fills it, and then the boat's going to move. Hay que izar el velo para que el viento lo llene y para que así se mueva la barca. The same is true with these tools. God's Spirit wants to work in us. The resurrection life of Jesus wants to fill us and move us forward to become mature, growing people in God, but we need to hoist the sail. We need to use the tools. 
hay que izar el velo de esas herramientas para que el Espíritu Santo nos llene y nos haga mover adelante. And so what we're going to do here in just a minute, I'm going to pray with you, but we're going to have a time of silence, and I want to invite you to make a plan and then to try to walk in that direction every day, every week, every month. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. Paz y misericordia desciendan sobre los que siguen esta norma. The rule of following Jesus Christ, moving towards maturity. La regla de seguir a Jesús y avanzar hacia la madurez. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. God, I sense that through this time in the last couple months, many of us have been inspired and challenged. And we want to stay clear about the goal. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life, Jesus. And we want to pursue you, receive you, trust in you, love you. Queremos tener en claro la meta que tú eres, Señor, nuestra vida, nuestro camino, nuestra verdad. Y queremos conocerte, amarte, seguirte. This morning I pray that as we ponder the gifts you've given us, that we can use them. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to love your word above all else, how to share our faith with one another and with the world. Teach us how to serve, how to give, how to rest. Teach us how to deny ourselves at times when our bodies become spoiled and distract us from what really counts. Enseñanos, Señor, a servir y ser generosos y ayunar y, y descansar. And most of all, Jesus, teach us to always want to be with you. Because what counts is being with you as new people. Lo que importa es ser parte de una nueva creación contigo, Señor. So, Lord, we give ourselves to you as living sacrifices for your honor, for your praise. Te honramos y te alabamos. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the best gift of all, yourself. Gracias, Señor Jesús. It's in your name we pray. En tu nombre oramos. And God's people say, Amen.